I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ. Joined by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Phillips. What's going on, y'all? And Dr. Hip-Hop, Eric Douglas Thomas. Hip-Hop, you don't stop. Rock, bang, bang, say up, jump the boogie. Say the bang, bang, boogie the boogie. Man, how y'all feeling this uh, this early morning? Cold. Oh, yeah, it's just a little, just a tad bit cold. Cold. I think we in the 40s today. Oh. I, I apologize, y'all. I, I do apologize. We're going downhill from here, uh, baby. We're going. It's all downhill. Oh yeah, no, from it's here. all downhill from here. Yeah, it's all downhill for sure. Um, yeah, it's still well, 75, 80 degrees in Atlanta. So, if y'all need a reprieve, um, <laughs> just head down here. Uh, actually, I'll be up that way shortly. Um, but yeah, no, y'all. Uh, I'll, I'll pray for y'all. Let me get into am I tripping or we got a we got a packed show today. We have a ton of questions from Ask ET. I've been getting emails saying, see, I sent questions in six months ago. You ain't respond to them. So I'm going to try to get to some more Ask ET questions today. Um, but I got to know first, am I tripping or? Am I tripping or um, has Cheesecake Factory found a way to have the hardest butter known to mankind? <laughs> No question. <laughs> what kind uh, of devilish sub-zero deep freezer is, che- is, is Cheesecake Factory keeping this butter? Now, we go to Chick... I, I, now, this is like, since we start doing the show, I look out for crazy stuff so I could bring it to end my trip in order. So I've always noticed the fact that Cheesecake Factory butter is like a brick. But then the other day, E and I were at Cheesecake Factory... Carl, E actually, so I was, you know, so as we're sitting at the table, I'm trying to figure out all the different methods that people use to butter their bread at Cheesecake Factory, right? <laughs> so it was about six of us, and everybody had a different method for how they buttered their bread because this butter is so ungodly hard, right? So the hip-hop preacher chose the strategy of peeling half of the wrapper off and then pasting yeah, the, the bread. Back and forth paste. Oh, I'm talking about back and forth, like scraping butter onto the bread. Now, I personally went with the method of I just chop it into little blocks and then put it on there and bite. You know what I'm saying, Carl? Like, I just, just put I, I put a whole block on there and just bite <laughs> half of the bread with the butter, and then hopefully it makes a big... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One solid taste in my mouth after I, you know, eat all of it. But is it just me or it, it's we put a man on the moon. Can Cheesecake Factory please find a way to bring us soft butter I to know, the table? That's right. I so, know that's right. Hey, I remember. I mean, these things like you could use. The, I'm pretty sure you can't even take these through TSA because you could bust my head with these little hard little bricks. Straight up. Dog. It's ridiculous. So, hey, I first thought about it on the Delta joint because. And it makes sense on Delta. Delta, the same problem. Like, you get this butter, and like you said, it's a brick. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that, how that work on your bread. But I was like, okay, I get it. Y'all got stuff pre-prepared. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring it on. You got to serve so many people. So it ain't a whole lot. You, it ain't like you could just keep that joint warm. 
But Cheesecake Factory coming out the right. doggone kitchen. So I don't know what's up with that. No, and then, you know, so I, I just wonder out there how many different methods there are to spreading this. But like, you, first of all, you're not spreading it. I don't care what you try to do. Now, one strategy I have used, and my wife actually prefers I use this strategy for her butter. Now, I got to be responsible for unhardening her butter. <laughs> so what I'll actually do is when it first comes out, I grab the butters, one in each hand, and squeeze my hand tight and use my natural body heat <laughs> to then melt down some of this butter. And my, so my wife, like, I run a little hotter than her, so she always handed it to me, like, here, use this. Now, the problem is I'm hungry. By the time the bread comes, you're starving, right? So I'm sitting there with both hands squeezing butter. I can't eat anything. Can't eat salad, can't eat bread, nothing. So, um, yeah, I just, I, did, I didn't know. We were at Cheesecake Factory the other day. I was like, man, am I tripping or is this the hardest butter in the world? So um, looks like, you know, other people have ran across that same problem. Cheesecake Factory, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah. God bless your 37-page well, menu. Though. Yeah, let's figure um, that out, though. Y'all do an excellent job, but you got to work on the butter for me, yeah, please. Let's figure that out. Um, real quick. So, um, so oh, I, I, I'm meaning to tell you, Carl. I think I told Ian. I'll share with the podcast. Scariest moment in my life as a parent so far. No, scariest moment ever. So, this was, what's today's Thursday? This Tuesday, E, I think. Um, me, I go pick up the kids from school now, um, and it's a little different routine now that Avery's here, right? Like it's a different kind of hookup. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, picking up two kids from daycare, so it's just a different, like, you know, hookup. Trey, you know, a uh, little bit more independent at times. You know, you let him do a few more things than you would normally let him do. One, he's getting older, and two. You only, you know, you got little mama. So it's like you can only do so much. So the last like three weeks, I've been letting him close the door to the truck, right? And I'll say to him, hey, watch your fingers. Come on the outside of the door. Two hand push the door shut, right? So he's been doing it for like three weeks, like flawless every time. Boom. I watch him. I promise you. Every single time I watch him because I'm always like, I got this thing with him closing doors. So... The other day, Tuesday, we come home, I get them home from daycare, and I'm uh, bringing Avery in. Now, what I'll end up doing is, like, from the driver's side, I'll reach back in the truck to his side. He sits, like, behind the passenger side, and I'll undo his little car seat stuff, like on his chest plate and, you know, the little buckle or whatever. I'll undo it and let him climb out the same side as Avery, who sits behind me. So... I'll go get Avery, and then Trey will just jump. He knows how to take himself out of the seat and then get out the same side we're getting out. So he gets out the same side we're getting out. I got Avery, and I'm walking into the house. And Trey's, you know, playing around, doing whatever he's doing. And I'm like, all right, buddy, shut the door. And watch your fingers. Don't slam your hand in the door. So I'm walking in, and I'm, like, trying to look for him, you know, uh, to hurry up and come out so I can watch him, make sure he's doing it right, whatever. But whatever, this particular day, I was like, let me go set Avery down and I'll come back and get Trey. So sure enough, I set her down. My wife's right there and she asked me a question. And I don't remember what she asked me. And all of a sudden, I hear Trey screaming like bloody murder. And I'm like, oh my, I, put, I just ran out, right? I'm talking about like sprinted out to the garage. And I go out there and Trey's hand is stuck in the truck 
and the truck door is closed. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, no, listen, y'all, I promise you, I'm freaking out. Like, I, so of course I run, open up the door, Trey screaming, get his hand is, no, listen to me. His hand is stuck in the door and the door is shut. I'm, I open up the door, I pick him up and I'm just like screaming. I run in the house. I'm like, we got to go to the hospital. We got to go to the emergency room. I'm like, yo, I'm so panicked. Like I, Candace is like, what's going on? You know, she started panicking. I'm like, Trey's hand is stuck in the, it was stuck in the door. I'm like, it's broken. We got to go. Like his hand is messed up. Like when I opened up the door, y'all, just to be honest, I'm thinking his hand about to like fall off. Like you got to understand something. Like when I go out to open the truck door, we got a Tahoe, right? Like this ain't no small car. His hand is like, his entire hand is physically in the door. And so I'm like freaked out. His mom grabs him. She's holding him. I grabbed something. I don't even remember. I mean, I threw something so hard. I was so I was so upset at myself. Like I just grabbed something and threw it, and it like broke. Like in the house. Like Candace was like, "Calm down!" They're like yelling at me. And then I'm like in this big rage, and she was like, "Trey, can you move your hand?" And my now, nah, mind you, he's not even crying now. Like Trey, one thing about Trey is like. He don't really cry like for pain. Like he got a very high pain tolerance, which I know, but I'm like, okay, you slammed your hand in the door. So Candace is like, can you move your hand like this? And he starts like moving his fingers. And she like, can you move it up and down like this? And I'm like slowly starting to like come to. And I'm like, wait, is he okay? Like, there's no way he's okay, right? And Candace is over there doing the mom thing. And she's like pressing on it, you know, grabbing his hand. Like, and like now he's like, completely fine he's just like yeah yeah he's answering all their questions and like nothing's wrong but he has these big welts on his hand like it looks you know from slamming his hand in the door these big welts but he's like moving all of his you know fingers and hand and whole nine and i'm like wait a minute and she's like babe he's fine and i'm sitting there i'm like yo there's no way he's fine and she's like yeah it's not broke he's fine trust me if it was broke and then she was like trey smack your hand he takes his other hand and smacks the hand that just got uh, put in the door and just smacks and like completely fine. And then runs off and like grabs <laughs> his toy or gets on his bike and like starts riding his bike around. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yo, I promise y'all, never in my life have I been so panicked as that moment right then and there. Like I thought my baby hand was like done for. Like I thought I was going to pull it out and it was going to, I was like, it's not bleeding. Okay. Maybe, you know, just whatever. So I'm still like, I still don't know what happened. I still don't fully know what happened. What I think happened though, and this is just a guess. What I think happened is when I tell him, watch your fingers, don't slam your fingers. I think what happened is he got out the truck and then he was going to close the truck door and put his hand in the way on purpose, right? So like, imagine you closing the door with your left hand on the handle and then you put your right hand, like slip it in behind the door so that you can close it on purpose. So I think Trey put his hand there playing around because I told him don't do it. So of course, curiosity killed the cat. He put his hand there anyway and then was going to close the door like real soft. And I think what happens is, you know how the door kind of latches before it closes all the way? So I think it latched before it closed all the way, but it latched super tight on his hand. You see what I'm saying? Like he pushed it too hard and then it, la it caught and latched 
and it was enough to apply a ton of pressure to his hand and make it hurt like all get out, but not enough to actually like break his hand in half. And I, and I know that that has to be what it is because when I ran out there, like Candace was like, was the door closed all the way? And I was like, I don't know, but I know it was closed and I had to open it because he couldn't open it. But it, I mean, there's no way it could have been closed all the way. I don't really know. It just, whatever it was, it was the scariest moment in my parenting life. And I was like, yo, I wonder what other people's like scariest moment as a parent is or was. Oh, let me tell you something. So he probably can't remember his, but I'm in the thick of it still. Um, man, and C- CJ, he used to joke me and said, make sure y'all get a ranch style house. But I promise y'all, every single member of my family fell down the stairs at some point in time. Every single one. My, my, yeah, Jordan, back to back. I'm talking about like Jordan did two of them. And I'm talking about my man was, I don't think he was, he was probably about two, three months old. And he fell down twice. Um, my wife fell down while she was pregnant with my daughter. And I'm just telling you, so the first one, of course, was the absolute worst because I watched my man come down the stairs. Like, I'm talking about like a little ball just bouncing coming down the stairs. And I'm like, oh, dude, nothing, nothing, helpless. I'm like, I'm watching my child die. And I ain't that like, you know, like freaked out dude to the point where like, you know, any little thing happened. But I'm just saying like you falling down the stairs, bro. You know, you land on your neck anywhere wrong. Like that could be it. Like this ain't chance. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of the wrong angle. or the. I mean, you're going to break something for sure. That's what I'm thinking, like a finger, or a, a foot, something coming down the stairs like that. But I promise you all, so my wife grabbed him. She panicked first. So she just grabbed my man and just, I'm talking about mama beer hug, squeeze. I'm like, boo, calm down. Let me just see if he's all right. You holding him, but I don't know if he's good. He crying, you crying. So I, I literally had to pry my man out of her hands at first. And then, like, just like, yo, is, is your, like, move your hand. Like, you know, take his fingers, bend his fingers, you know, bend his elbow, bend the knees, bend everything, his neck, everything. And he was stripped. Nothing. I'm talking about nothing. I, I, like I said, I don't know how God made, like, babies or whatever, but they just resilient as all get out. So then, and then the other quick one was Jesse. Jesse fell. This one wasn't, wasn't as scary because I think Jesse kind of like Trey. Like, she she deal with pain way better than Jordan. Jordan going to holler and scream. So Jesse's following Jordan. Now she's probably a little, just over a year maybe. He she, he literally climbed on the table and jumped off. And now he's two years older, so he can handle it. But she's just doing everything. We call him Pete and repeat. Whatever he does, she repeats. So she climbed up on the table and jumped off and straight broke her arm. But I ain't know. So I looked at her. She cried a little bit. Like I'm like, you good? Like I'm looking at her. She got up and she kind of held her hand a bit. I looked at it. And she just kind of, you know, I'm talking about cry for a minute maybe, and then she went back to doing something. So later that evening, my wife and I are looking at her. It's like, yo, she holding her, her arm kind of funny. Like, is everything all right? So I'm talking about like two days go by. She not crying. We could just see she's kind of holding it funny. So we just kind of watching it. Man, her arm was broken. It's like two days. My wife just decided she's going to take her to the hospital. She's not crying. She's not doing nothing. We're just watching it. She's kind of protecting it a bit. Her arm was straight broken in two places. I mean, two places. So I find out. So like I said, I left, like, you know, thinking everything. All right, my wife just FaceTimes me like, yo, I'm on my way to the doctor. I'm like, the doctor, what's up? She's like, I don't know. Jesse's still just kind of holding her hand weird. She get the x-rays and the thing is broken. Into, Man, I'll, where did I go? So we were somewhere. We split up. I went to grab something today, and she's FaceTiming me in the car. Ken was with me. Ken went to Best Buy to grab something. 
Man, CIT, that's the weakest moment I could, like you said, just being a parent, watching my daughter get the cast on her hand, and I'm sitting watching on FaceTime. Let me tell you something. We did the conference, and a kid, a kid and them was like, yo, you good? You want me to drive? I ain't sleep good that night. I drove, I don't know, what, eight, nine hours straight. I'm like, y'all bathroom breaks is limited to 10 doggone minutes. Like, get out. Whatever y'all got to do, y'all got 10 I drove straight back. I got home just to hold that little girl, man, because it's just, yeah, you watching them, and they're so little going through this stuff, man. It's tough. But, yeah, that's that's my, my scary ones, man. Oh, man, let me tell you something, man. You know, as old as they are, you'll never forget it, you know. But um, Jalen, of course, suffered with asthma uh, his entire, you know, youth. You know, he grew out of it probably at 13, 14. But many occasions I had to take him to the ER. Uh, because he stopped breathing, you know what I'm saying? So the asthma thing was like devastating, you know, and I, man, would just pray like, Lord, let this boy outgrow, because I outgrew mine. And then my daughter, when she was probably not even six months, Jalen, you know, wanted to share with her. So he stuffed M&Ms in her mouth and um, she would choked out and he was came in the room, ran, told his mom, you know, Jalen, I breathe something like he was like, she joking, she joking, you know. Diddy ran in, Eminem's just all over the place. And uh, so Diddy, of course, being a nurse, didn't panic, knew what to do. And so, um, yeah, man, those were the scariest moments. But I, I'd say this, you know, even though we hate them, what Carl said was deep is that, you know, you you hold your child that much, you know, harder. You, you, you're that much more appreciative. Because sometimes when you go through life, you know, you get the daily routine, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know what I'm saying? You can start taking stuff for granted. Not that you... You, you mean to do that, but you can start taking stuff for granted. Your kids are healthy, you know, uh, whatever, you know. And so sometimes these occasions really pull you back into reality, you know, and jolt your perception, you know, and help you to realize, like, yo, you blessed. So I, I would say, although we're talking about our children, whatever, I, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm not asking that, you know, you pray something happened to them, but just stop. You know, if you're in a position to text your wife, text your children, text your husband, just somebody you love, or just take a moment and reflect on how blessed you are. You know, so I, I would say that, that although those were some of the most scariest moments, they do help you to value, you know, and, and understand just how deep your love is, you know, for your, uh, for your loved ones. Yeah, so that's my throwback, boy. Yeah, no doubt, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, there, there, I know there'll be others, but, you know, man, you just... You know, you pray that uh, all can go well. But at the same time, you don't want to, like, you know what I mean? You don't want to, like, not let them go anywhere. You know what I mean? But, like, shoot, you do, you know, your natural tendency is to be like, all right, cool. We all, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody going nowhere. So, you know, it is what it is, man. A padded room, see? Get you a padded sponge room or something. Y'all have at it. My my son, I promise (laughs) you, like, he, he don't have no fear. And that's the problem. Like, I'm talking about jumping off tables. Like, you know what I mean? He just, he literally does not understand the concept of safety. So, uh, as I'm sure most two, three-year-old boys don't, but it's just insane to watch him. Like, he just has literally no fear. So, um, yeah, no, that's. So, a quick, a quick, a quick, a quick Mm -hmm. thing. See, just following off of what he said, man, like, Ken lost a cousin this weekend. Um, I remember the exact age, but I'm talking about, like, four, five, maybe, years old. Um, to some form of cancer. Wow. 
Um, and then literally this week we did, he did a video for a little man called uh, Brentley. And Brentley's uh, fighting brain cancer at like three, four years old, man. So it's real. Like what yeah. he just said, like I just want to pause. Like I know we got a whole other schedule plan, but it's real, y'all. Like it ain't, you can't guarantee that your kid's waking up, your your wife, your your parents. Like it's real. Like make sure people know that you appreciate them, man, because uh, it's people getting up, you know what I'm saying, and experiencing what we're talking about, that yeah. their kids are you know, sick or, you know, whatever, worse yet, something happened yeah, to them, you know, sure. that they ain't recovering from. So please, like today, stop. Take you 15 minutes and just everybody that you could think of in that 15 minutes, you hit them up a text like, yo, just want you to know I appreciate you. I love you. You know, just, yeah, don't take it for granted, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. A, a thousand percent appreciate that, Carl. Um, real quick, before, because uh, I said we'll get into a few more Ask ETs, but um, e, we kind of had a discussion the other day and, you know, I wanted to bring it to the podcast because I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, kind of want to know um, how to make this adjustment. And that is, um, how did you turn y- your passion into a profit, right? So you speak uh, for a living. Obviously, you make a good living, you know, speaking and doing what you love doing. But um, and we get, we get, that's like one of the most common questions we get. And it's one of the ask ET questions today, but I just want to go ahead and turn it into like a full topic is how do you turn your passion into a profit? When did speaking become profitable for you? And like, how did you turn that into not only making money and, and, you know, but b- being able to do it full time and then, you know, even be becoming, you know, I guess wealthy from, you, you know, using your gift. Yeah, first of all, see, man, you know, I'm real big on, you know, uh, the biblical principles, you know, and, you know, one of the biblical principles that I, I, I really follow as it relates to my profession is that your gift will make room for you, you know, and just to be as, you know, a, as succinct as I possibly can, you know, C said all the time, you're USP, you know, and C, once, I had a firm grip, you know, on my USP. And what I mean by that, you know, see, there there are people who, whatever your profession is, you have your profession. And and hear what I'm saying. It could be, you know, basketball. It could be football. It could be, you know, engineering. It could be motivational speaking. It can be consulting. I mean, whatever it is. I think, see, when we first start doing whatever we do, we are kind of lumped. In with everybody else and you really don't become profitable until you can distinguish yourself in your profession from everybody else in your profession you know what I'm saying it's like you you are a hundred percent clear on what makes you different than everybody else so yeah you got Kobe he's a guard you got MJ he's a guard you got Allen Iverson he's a guard you got Isaiah Thomas they're all guard See, but what happens is you you start to become so in tune, you know, so in touch, so intimate with whatever your gift is that you begin to know, all right, this is this is what I do. I'm a guard. You know, this is what I do. I'm a forward. This is what I do. I'm a center. You know what I'm saying? This is what I do. I'm a radiologist. This is what I do. I'm a surgeon. This is what I do. I'm an OBGYN, whatever. It's like. Yeah, you can go into, you know, the medical field, but but at some point you have to know what is my specialty. And then see, once you get into that specialty is what makes you special in that specialty. And I think too many people 
that I'm coming across who are asking me for advice, you are operating out of desperation. Like, like you are so focused on money, you're focused on paying your mortgage, paying your rent, paying your car note. You are so consumed with getting gigs that I believe, see, that you put in the cart before the horse and you don't really know what you do. You, you don't, you can't really sit down and 30, look, this is, okay, so here's an exercise, see, this is how you know. If it takes you more than 30 seconds to say what you really do, you don't really know what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like if I ask you and you can't tell me in 15 seconds what you do, 30 seconds top what you do, you don't really know what you do. You know, so um, so for me, I, I think it's critical, see, um, I think it's critical, man, to know, you know what I'm saying, to know what you are doing. You know what I'm saying? To have a full understanding of what you're doing. So I, I had to just come to grips with like, yo, E, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? What are you good at? You know what I'm saying? And based on knowing what I did, not just motivational speaking, like I understood the, the, the type of people, you know, and that's number two. So let me go with the number two boy. The number two boy is the avatar, you know, and I'll let Carl break that down. I'll let Carl break the avatar boy down. Um, and, and, and that's the second one. So the first one, I became profitable when I knew what I did and I knew who my clientele was. And here's the deal. Some of y'all, it's, it's going to hurt some of y'all. I'm not telling y'all how to do it. I'm definitely not. CJ always says, we can only tell you what we did. We can't tell you nothing else. I have never solicited. I have never asked anybody to speak. I have never sent out a marketing packet, did a marketing campaign, ever. So E, how you getting paid? How you made money? I understood who I was, what gifts I brought to the table, and I realized who I needed to reach if you would, you know what I'm saying? So I just started working on my gift. All right, elementary, middle, high schools love me. And they love me because I can teach kids the importance of school, you know, behavioral management, you know, tell them the importance of not skipping school, you know, the importance of graduating, whatever. So I never sent out no information. I just worked on my skill set so tough that every time I had an opportunity, my gift made room for me. All right, so let me put it like this. Y'all have never seen me on Facebook like Facebook Live with the camera in my face talking, ever. You've never seen me do that. So E, what, what do you mean by that? You've seen me on Facebook Live, but you've seen me at a high school because that's my gift. My gift is not necessarily looking at it. And I'm not telling you don't do it, but I'm saying you don't see me just with a camera in my face just talking. You see me speaking either at a basketball program. You see me speaking at a high school. You see me speaking at a college. You see me speaking at corporate America. And guess what? I'm in my gift. And so when you see me in my gift, my gift make room for me. So the reason why I don't have to necessarily do the traditional, you know, marketing and all of that, because I'm working on my gift. I know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I'm, I'm honing it. I'm developing it. I'm at a middle school in the morning, high school in the afternoon, Michigan State at night. So I, I, I want to say... I think you need to slow down and you need to find out one, what do I do? And then how many other people do what I do and what makes me unique to them? Now I'm gonna stop because the second part I told you I wanna deal with the avatar, but I want Carl to kind of break that down and even CJ can break down more of the USP, but that's how you start making your money when a specific industry notices you. 
and not just notices you, but a specific industry notice you and they believe that you have a solution to the problem that exists in their company on some level. It could be a basic problem, you know, mid-range problem or very complex problem and your money will be based on you being able to solve that problem. So Carl, if you could talk about the next piece I wanna get into, which is the avatar and how Facebook and all these other companies, how they use that. Yep. So let, real quick guys, let me just piggyback that because I had, a, it's funny in Carl, you, you hold your thought right there. Um, but before you transition into the next one, I just wanted to go off of what you just said because I think it is, is deep and I wrote this down in one of my sessions with a client yesterday. I said, a lot of y'all got the prescription and ain't stopped to figure out what the diagnosis was, right? And so when, when you're talking about what you're talking about, one of the things that we did was we understood what their problem was. Like we knew what the problem was in the school before we went to the school. And every school's problems weren't the same. Like, like LCC didn't have the same problems that Sexton had. And so we understood what the problems were going in. And I said, I said it like this, like imagine if you're a contractor and you do general contracting and you can do, you know, plumbing and roofing and you do these things. And I said, imagine walking up to somebody's door and knowing what their problem is before you knock on the door. Right. So like you. So let's say you did an inspection of the house when, you know, they went home, you was on the outside and you looked through the window, you seen water leaking into their basement. And then you were able to go knock on the door and say, hey, um, you know, hey, we, we're from such and such plumbing. You know, we do water leaks and they like, oh, I don't have a water leak. You like, yo, go look in the basement. They see water leaking in the basement. Chances are you're going to get that gig. And I'm saying most people don't stop enough to diagnose. Like you, you think you so deep as a speaker, as whatever your company is, you know, whatever solution you provide, you have not stopped to find out what the problem is. And so you come in with a, with a one size fits all solution that you think is supposed to be deep. And that might not even be the problem. The one thing that we always did was we were able to diagnose and then prescribe. A lot of y'all got a sweet prescription and it made my foot hurt doggone it. And you got me some blood pressure medication. That ain't what I need. Right. I need something to help my, the foot pain. And so stop before you even do any of that and figure out what's needed, because most of you don't know what's needed. You just went off because you think you deep and got what you think is, is the prescription. So, yeah, find out what the problem is first. My bad, Carl. I just wanted to make sure we got that point as well. Oh, you good. So the avatar joint, I'll, I'll go back. Yeah, no, that was strong. See, um, but I'll go. So one of our, our Thursday calls for BU, Cantus put it like this. Every business needs a little TLC. And for, by that, he meant traffic, leads, and conversions. So what most businesses are doing is that, you know, they're obviously just trying to get a lot of people to come in. You know, everybody just see the site. You get your leads. You know, they've seen whatever you're offering. You might go to the shopping cart. But ultimately, they want you to buy, you know, their product. So what? traditional businesses do what he was talking about is create something called an avatar and it's just so deep man and facebook took it to a whole nother level because what happens is you give facebook so much information about you and you don't even realize facebook analytics can pretty much nail down where you live um your family members uh your occupation based on you know based on all of these factors how much you're making per year uh, what kind of car you drive um, your your age, of course, Facebook has. You know what I'm saying? All this information, you're, you like, you, uh, everything. You like yep. 
music. I'm just saying you like pages. You like you support different pages. So they pretty much know who you are as a person. So now imagine, let's just say you have, so as a company, let's just say you got 50,000 emails, 100 emails, whatever, 500 emails. You can literally take these emails and import them into Facebook. And Facebook can just kind of go through. So you look at, you know, take all these emails, find all these profiles, and Facebook can almost break down for you. You have to study it. It ain't going to do it automatically. But we had a young man, Klaus, that just kind of volunteered and helped us. But Klaus was able to, I'm talking about break down to the exact description. And this is what the avatar is. It's a single person that literally describes that best consumer of your product. You know, the best supporter of your brand. So what it it is, is he literally gave me a a one-page write-up. He gave the guy a name. I don't remember the name, but let's just call him, you know, Ben. So Ben is a, you know, like 34-year-old male. He's married. He has a daughter and a son. And he literally broke down. Ben is leaving for work about this time in the morning. He comes home at this time. You know, his kids are in daycare. He broke down every single detail about Ben's life. So you knew exactly. So this is what what C said was deep. You knew exactly who Ben was before you go talk to Ben. You knew exactly what kind of problems Ben is having because he's this age, because he's this. Now he's facing these situations. You know, they're thinking about life insurance because they're married. They got kids. They're thinking about college tuition. He knows exactly who Ben is. So if you know exactly who Ben is, you know exactly the water's leaking in the basement. Now you can go approach it with a whole different perspective with this information. So there you go, E. Yeah, so so here, so let, let's go back. I just want to go back because what, what I'm saying to you is that you need to understand who you are. And a lot of y'all are rushing. Now, this go, we, ain't nobody else going to give you this type of information. We're going to give you some back to the basic stuff. A lot of you are struggling because, one, you don't know who you are. You're trying to get paid. You don't even know what product you provide. You don't even know what service you provide. You don't know who you are well enough to be in the industry strong. So I really need you to know. So ET is a motivational speaker, meaning that I can go to football, basketball, whatever, and hype you up. I can get you hype. I can go to a corporate company. I can get you hype. I can come to a school before test taking week and get them hype. ET is a consultant. I know how to empower through the four-year degree, master's degree, PhD, right, through, through, through the training I've gotten over the years, through the exposure of NFL, NBA, corporate, et cetera. I know how to consult. Now, I also know how to do one-on-one. So, so now I can train. So look, I know who I am. I deal with blue collar. I'm blue collar. I'm from Detroit. So I work with the working class. I'm able to help the working class get from 70% to 80% to 90% to 100%. So so I will allow companies to take their employees to another level of of grind, which will do what? Bring in more income, keep clients, whatever. Listen to me. I am 100% clear on who I am, all right? So because you're not 100% clear who you are, even the stuff that you do, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, it's subpar or average at best. Let me give you an example. Because I am a student of the game, I know how to use Facebook Live. I have watched you. I've watched many of you on Facebook Live. ET, why you keep talking about Facebook Live? Because you're killing yourself, and I need you to stop, because I'm here to help you, not hurt you. So here's what you do, because you're desperate, because you're just trying to get your information out. You don't know who you're trying to get it to. 
You don't know when it should go out. Like you don't know if Monday's the best day, Tuesday's the best day. When, like you don't even know all of that. So you're just putting your stuff out on Thursday, Friday, and it's not getting the most traction because you've not studied the game. You don't know what you're doing. And what I'm telling you is there's a balance between grind and grind knowledge, right? We're not just trying to work hard. We're trying to work smart. So here's what you do. You, you, it, it's one or two of you, one or two challenges. Either your camera is way too far, Carl. Your camera way too far. I cannot see you. Now, you have a good mic and I can hear you. But based on the based on knowledge, study, research, people, it's not the words that you use. They say about 17 percent of the words that you use matter. Right. Number two, you got tone, which is beautiful. Tone might be another, you know, 20 some percent. But they say if you are a true student of the game, that you understand body language is about 60, 70 percent of, of, of what makes you great in this field. Right. So you so far back, I, I, I don't even see your, like, I can't see the motion in your mouth. I can't really see your hand. Like, you like a shadow. You were so far. Then I got the other group. You got the Facebook Live. You got the camera in your mouth. I'm talking about it's in your mouth. I can see your nose, hair, your mouth. I can see your pimple. It's in your mouth. I'm trying to help you. Listen to me. So what happens now is it's in your mouth. So I can hear you very clearly. I can see your mouth moving, but I don't see your body language now. I don't see your hands. I don't see your shoulders. I don't, I don't see any movement now, right? I, because you're so close to the camera. So I'm just trying to help you out. Listen to me. So that's why when you see ET, you own, look, Carl said to me the other day, um, we got our last um, Average Skill Phenomenal Wheel Conference and I'm trying to decide, everybody like the West uh, East Coast, and I said, okay, do we do it in New York, East Coast, or Philly, East Coast? So we got this big, you know, poll coming out, and we're going to let Philly and New York citizens decide, or the people who are close, which one we go to, right? So I was like, Carl, I can't do it on my phone because I'm not going to be able to show the graphics and talk at the same time. So I got to do it on camera. Guys, do you understand how strategic, strategic we are? Do you understand that? Do you understand we edit everything? You're trying to catch ET, but you're not, you're not, try, you're not trying to catch ET. So here's the avatar, all right? So this is important. So here we go. Look, guys, not only do I know who I am as a speaker, not only does Carl know who he is in terms of editing, not only does CJ know who he is in terms of branding, we are very clear on what our gifts are. We are very clear and we stick with our gifts. Listen to me. Here's the next level when you get wealthy. It's an avatar, guys. Do you know when I go into a room of 1,000 people, 10,000 people, 100 people, do you understand I'm only talking to one person? I just told Carl yesterday before I did my sermon, Wednesday night prayer meeting sermon, I told Carl this. I said, Carl, when I walk in a room, I'm not talking to 1,000 people. I don't care if it's 1,000 in the room. If it's 10,000, I'm not talking to 10,000. I know my craft so well that I'm talking to one individual. And I know that one individual probably represents 70% of the people in that room. And another 10% gonna get something I say, and another 20% is gonna get at least one thing that I say. And Carl will tell you I'm not lying. When I finished that message, there was an individual that said that message was for me and they broke down crying and said, that's my problem. That's what I'm doing wrong. My gift shall make room for me, but I'm not in my gift. I'm working some job that's not my gift. 
I'm, I'm doing something that has nothing to do with my talent. And that's why I keep going in circles. So I'm telling you, I, first, I got to know what, what is the need, not what I want to do. And then as it relates to the need, what, what, what part of E.T.'s gift can meet that need? And then I got to a place with an avatar. I'm walking in the room with 10,000 people and I look like I got so much confidence. Why? Because I'm only talking to one person in the room. And your problem is you're so broad. Everything you do is so broad. You don't know what you do. They don't really know what you do. And here's the deal, baby. Chick-fil-A. We finally got it in Lansing, baby. It's finally in Lansing. Let me tell you something. You go through that drive-thru, I promise you, you in that drive-thru for 40 minutes on a good day. Uh, on a good day, 40 minutes. We walked inside yesterday because we was like, I can't even take the drive-thru. Let me go inside. I promise you, it was like a concert. It was standing room only in that joint, y'all. Standing room only, guys. Look, why? A chicken sandwich. A chicken sandwich. But what do they do? They not these other companies, and I'm not trying to be funny, but you go to Burger King, they got the Whopper, they got the chicken sandwich, they got the fish, for, they got the fish sandwich, they, they had the chicken fries. You go to McDonald's, McDonald's got cooked, they got all kinds of stuff. Chick-fil-A is killing the game. Why? The Avatar. They got one thing, y'all. They got a chicken sandwich with a pickle on it and a couple sauces you can get. They don't sell hamburgers. They don't sell fish. They have mastered one single thing and they've taken that one single thing and made people addicted to it. And then they drop service on top of it because you can't get good service. Hey, here go the last one, C. Please jump in on this one, C. Watch this, guys. This was when my life changed. Look, I'm gonna tell y'all what happened at, I'm gonna tell y'all, I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday and I asked the dude who the manager was on Blaze. I said to him, be honest with me, where you from? He said, I'm from Alabama. And most of the other people here are from Charlotte. I said, I, 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 I knew y'all weren't bringing no dog on. They brought the culture, see? They brought the culture to Michigan. And he said to me, the young man that's serving you, oh, give him some time. Oh, give him some time. And you're going to think he's Southern too. He, just give him some time. And then when I looked around, CJ, and I need you to speak to this as it relates to culture, because what we're trying to teach y'all is not just speaking or not whatever, creating a culture. See, when I looked around, I said, how are they going to pull this off? And I noticed they didn't have no adults working there. See, they didn't have no old people working there who was from Michigan. Everybody that was from Michigan looked like they were 16 years old. Nobody even looked 21, see? And I said, this how they doing it. They're not getting those older people who not willing to change. They're not getting people who stuck in their ways. They're not getting people who, who refuse to change, who refuse, refuse to grow. They're getting people, who, young people who are still, who still are looking for growth. Young people who can still be shaped and can still be molded. And so I'm telling y'all, we, we, what we're telling y'all will work, but you gotta get out of this desperation. You gotta get out of this, you trying to pay your mortgage, you trying to pay your rent, and you gotta get back to the basics. Who am I? What's my gift? What's my talent? What do I do? And more specifically, what is the need of the industry? Not like C said, what you wanna give them, but what needs exist, and of those needs, which one can I handle like C was saying earlier, uh, not on this call, but another call, the ones you can maintain. What's something that you can do when you can do it every single day for the rest of your life? Come nah, on, C. man, that's good. I, I, you, know, that's, you know, that's my thing. You hitting right down the alley with the one thing. And I think um, you made a great point in terms of culture. You know, you got young people who, you know, peer pressure can be a good thing as well, right? If you get them in the right situation, 
you know, at that age, like you said, they, they haven't been sullied by life yet. You know what I mean? They haven't been, you know, like, you know, um, I guess, you know, compromised, if you will. And so they're willing to join the culture that says, hey, this is how we do things. And it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen is how you get young people on one accord with, you know, a vision. But I'm saying there's something about the way in which they train and the way in which they go about teaching their methods that obviously is working at a high level. And, you know, you just addressed it big time, man. And to me, that's one of the biggest things. If you can get a culture um, like imagine if you could recreate like our work culture in like a standard mom and pops business or a, a standard corporate, you know, uh, culture. Imagine how much more productive everybody would be if you liked coming to work if you liked what you did. Um, I think that would make all the difference in the world. So no, nah, that's a strong, solid point, man. And um, I hope the people are taking something from that. And the stuff you mentioned with you know, Facebook Live and all those things. I know you've been harping on that for a minute, and I hope people understand what you're saying. He's not telling you that to hurt you. We're trying to tell you that to help you. Like, you you think you're deeper than what you are, and you don't understand. Like, I was talking to somebody who, you know, I was, he was telling them they don't need to be doing their Facebook Live like that, and Carl was like, look at your analytics. And they would start off with like 100 and some people watching, and then by the end of their Facebook Live, it was like three people watching. And I'm like, you're not even like mature enough to understand that that probably wasn't the way you need to be doing it if you got that many people fall, falling off. You going for an hour and a half thinking you that deep? Come on, man. Like, so there, there's something to be said for that as well, that, that self-assessed thing, and he's trying to help you with that. So um, a thousand percent, he good stuff. Uh, I do want to transition um, into Ask ET because we don't have a whole lot of time. Um, real quick, man, breatheuniversity.com, as always. Uh, is sponsoring this podcast. We got some amazing things going on. We got the, listen, so you got, just so you guys know, we got the um, TGIM, Thank God I'm Married podcast, right? That'll be dropping. Carl, when are we dropping it? This weekend? Saturday morning. So you you will get it on this particular uh, channel. It'll come up on your phones. Don't be alarmed. We didn't do two podcasts. It's a different podcast. It's the Thank God I'm Married, which will uh, come up on this channel. Only part one, I believe. Uh, the rest of it is going to be available at breatheuniversity.com if you want to hear the whole thing. But you'll get part one. I think we, we just went so long. I think it's like almost two hours. And so you'll get part one. And I promise you, you do not want to miss it. It was a lively, lively discussion. And so you'll get that. Um, and the rest of it will be available over at breatheuniversity.com. We have instituted the Thank God I'm Married at Breathe You. I'm telling you, we're doing so much um, in addition to the stuff we're already doing with the business building calls, the entrepreneurship, the branding, um, ease session, Josh's, and now we got the thank God I'm married, as well as Carl and Ken got the, the video course that is up and running. People are going through the video course. Carl, if you want to just touch on what you're doing with the video course over there in breatheuniversity.com. Live, you know what I'm saying? Not do it crazy. He's going to teach you the way that it really needs to oh, get done. definitely need doing to be. It, uh, Carl and them teach you how to go way. viral the right way. Yeah, no, that's real. So, no, we did, i just give you a quick, quick snapshot of it. But what we did see, and that's exactly what he said. I don't care if you got a phone. I don't care if you got the Walmart camera. We've been through all those stages. So we literally break it down level one, level two, level three. Like it's not for the professionals. If you're a video professional, like uh, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on something else. We could talk otherwise. But this is for the people that really want to learn and understand what we're doing. 
Um, man, literally, it's just step by step. So if you got your kit, your, your cell phone, this is how you shoot with your cell phone. Um, this is what you need. If you just got the, the Walmart joint, hey, there's levels to this. If you don't have no lights, like we walk you through step by step, you know, how to do it with what you have. Like, like I said, we started with nothing. So we showing you now that we've learned a lot, how you can take the simple things and still get effective, good quality, like he just talked about, you know, positioning your camera the right the right way, you know, standing the right way so the light's hitting you the right way. So all that's in there, man. Y'all want to check it yeah, out. It's, it's not now. just for speakers. Like, yo, if, if you run a small business and you're looking to shoot some, you know, commercials for YouTube or for Facebook or some quick promo stuff, like Carl and them have literally taught people how to do it the most effective way and not only that, not just like the technical aspect, they actually, you know, went through how they got some of these videos to go viral. And a lot of them you think is just because E-Wax and Deep, but the reality of the situation is um, there, there are some, some technical things that they did in terms of, you know, the green screen, in terms of the B-roll, and they're breaking all of that down. So get over to breatheuniversity.com, check that out. I'm telling y'all, now is the best time to sign up with us just because we're doing some crazy stuff, man. We're implementing the Young Entrepreneur Society stuff. We got the financial stuff coming. It's just a, a, an entire smorgasbord over there. Um, and it's, it, it is it uh, is literally changing lives and people are going to the next level. So we'd love to see you over at breatheuniversity.com. Use the promo code BUSPECIAL and get 50% off your first month. All right, let's jump into Ask ET. So this question comes from uh, Nisha on Twitter, E. She said, E.T., what if I lose my why? Meaning, what if my why is tied to a person and they passed away? Wow, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? I never heard that before. But I, I, I will tell you this. Uh, if you've ever been to my conferences, you know, I've shared with people that there are levels to whys. You know, and the first level is, you know, you, you use yourself uh, as motivation. Absolutely. Like, I got to do this for me. And you'll hear people say that a lot. I'm doing this for me. Uh, admirable. I love it. Uh, then the second level is, you know, you're doing for your family, you know, and maybe even your friends, you know. But to me, the highest level of service and when you start to walk into miracle territory is when you start to make people uh, who are not in your family, who are not blood, people who may not be, you know, close friends. When you make those people your why, you know, Mother Teresa uh, made, you know, those individuals in her world her why. Martin Luther King fought for, you know, uh, minorities from all walks of life, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, African-Americans, whether it was uh, females, you know, uh, white females, et cetera. You know, he, he fought uh, for individuals outside of his family, outside of his, you know, uh, inner circle, but he fought for all mankind. And so I think when you get to the level where you begin to do it, just like I'm not you know, trying to brag or anything, but when you look at ETA, you know, the TGIMs, the podcasts, et cetera, it's obvious that we are one of those companies that are really trying to help people all over the world, humans all over the world get to that next level. You know, so I, I would say to you that when you surpass or your why surpasses just those people in your immediate circle, but it broadens to the world, you'll never lose your why. Good, Jolyn Hedget. Jo I'm, I know I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but Jolian Head said, after E's incense story, have y'all had to put a hold on the smoke machine at the live shows? Great podcast. Keep it up. Thanks for sharing on that. No, we still we still try to get the smoke, but we won't have E no, nowhere close to controlling it. That's the difference. Oh, oh, no, no, not at all. Thank you, Eric Thomas. Another speaker was recommended to me 
with my uh, to share with my students. Check them out. He started cussing. Thank you for staying above that. Um, yeah, he, well, he don't really cuss, period. So it's not just when he speaks, but um, just stumbled upon a Tony Robbins behind hey. the Netflix. When will hey, ET's hey, movie that's, drop? That's something for CJ to answer, but I will tell you this. You know, it's all about timing, and um, that's what we believe in, man. We don't do stuff because other people are doing stuff. You know, we don't do stuff because even, you know, that we're in a position to do it because we have been approached by networks, you know, since the beginning of this year or the end of last year. But, you know, we believe in timing. You know, we believe um, we believe in doing it when the when it's absolutely the right time to do it. Not a day earlier, you know, and not a day, you know, behind. We're going to do it at the exact hour that it needs to get done. Yep. Um, Mick from off of Twitter said, Carl, what's the biggest or most embarrassing mistake you ever made? Um, oh, well, this one is kind of all of us. Well, it's on me for sure, but it just make the brand look a little silly. I ain't, you got to give me time to think about that one, but I'll give you what comes to mind. I remember the self-assessed slide, see? Um, <laughs> we had this big spiel about, you know, the inability. I think this is when we first started with the inability to self-assess. And... Um, we, I did this slide, and I spelled the word assess wrong. I put access. So, you know, of course, it's A-S-S-E-S-S for assess. And, of course, just doing the slide, I put A-C-C, you know, self-access. And I'm talking about weird. But the slide was like dogging people out for having stuff spelled wrong. Yeah, yeah, we clowning people, man. Uh, and honestly. And inevitably, every, conference, every time somebody would come up and be like, Hey, low key, y'all got assess. I don't want to bust y'all out, but <laughs> yeah. So that that's definitely one of the ones that I was like, oh, yeah, that, I cringe at that one. I'm talking about, yeah. You now, see, I don't think we can explain. We went in hard, like I'm showing other people's uh -huh. slides and stuff spelt wrong, and you know, we going in hard, like you know, people with um, like you got like let's just say McDonald's or something. Two of the the letters go out, and we clowning like, how you so trifling? You're not gonna fix this, like y'all. All kinds of stuff, man. But only that one day. Only that one day. The people did come to us and fix hey, it. It is what it is. The other time was when Carl was taking photos of E and uh, sent me some promo photos to use and didn't recognize that there was a huge Bud Light sign behind E. I'm talking about like E had a football in his hand, was putting the football out, and the Bud Light sign was like humongous behind him. It looked like a commercial for Bud Light. And I was like, uh, Carl? I don't know if this is necessarily. He was like, "What you talking about?" I was like, "Look in the background." He was like, "Oh." <laughs> so hey, I yeah. promise you, we talked about. It. I never. I promise you, I'm so focused on E and making E look sweet in the football and the focus. I never self awareness, uh, y'all. I never Bud saw Light. the background. That's straight Bud Light. All I mean, a big banner like E in front of it, like she said, like a poster for that joint. Yeah, no. <laughs> no doubt, man. Um, real quick, last one, Koa Hatchet. Says, E.T., do you listen to any music or podcasts while you run? If you do, which ones are they? Well, I'm 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 real weird. I play one song. Yeah, we know that, but we trying to figure out what you listen to on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm weird with my music, too, guys. I listen to one song, you know, for a whole month. I was listening to, I did about 45, 50 minutes. And I honestly, I listened to No Scrubs the whole, by TLC the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he has the worst playlist you've ever heard in your life when it comes to working out. 
Seriously. Oh, Destiny Child Survivor. Oh, no question asked. I'm like, how you done ran to Survivor for an hour and a half? Today was TLC. Um, you know, uh, yesterday was um, devastated. I listened to that two, three days in a row. You know, so, uh, yeah, man, I kind of stick with one song and just, I, I wear that suck out for at least a month. I, hey, you'll laugh. I was with CJ the other day running up some hills in his neighborhood, and I was listening to In the Club by 50 Cent. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, Hashtag bro. upgrade ET's playlist. Go on Twitter, hashtag upgrade ET's playlist, and uh, send him some new joints that he need to be listening to. Go, hey, go download uh, Kale, get it, um, and, and, and listen to that. Um, real quick, uh, anything else? Um, hey, go to iTunes, leave us that review. Um and go check out the app as well. If you, if you don't have an app, guys, the app is available right now on Google Play, iTunes. Just search Eric Thomas and the app will come up. Put it on your phone. Get all our uh, updates, you know, promo codes, all that kind of stuff, um, daily motivation right there on the app. E.T., get us out of here on that nugget of the day, man. Hey, well, real quick, yeah. I was just going to say, I'm going to put the, the voting link up in this this look on our website, guys, etinspires.com. Hit the podcast link. This episode, I'll put that link up. We'll put it out on social media, too, I'm sure. But we with that New York-Philly joint, we started in a battle. We want to know who who going to run this year. Is it going to be the Knicks or the 76ers? We going for hey, it. Hey, I wanted to tell y'all, man, for real, Saturday morning, I don't know when it's coming out, but when that TGIM, thank God I'm married, podcast dropped, I personally believe it Ooh. is one of the best pieces of information that we Game have changer. ever put together. I'm being 100. Yeah. If you're not married and thinking about getting married, you want to listen to it. And if you're in a good marriage and think that it can't get no better, you want to listen to it. But this piece, man, and this whole marriage uh, series we're about to do, I, you know, for me, what makes it so deep is generally when you hear marriage, Carl, it's, it's women waxing deep. There are not a lot of men who are talking about the subject and talking about it the way we're talking about right. it. And so if you're a, a wife out there or a mother out there who has children, men who are married, sons that are married, guys, it, it will only take 30 minutes to an hour. That's all it will take for you to listen to this. Please tune in listen to it at your leisure but this is some of the best information that i've probably ever been a part of and i have had an opportunity to contribute to so you definitely want to check it out and like carl said average skill phenomenal will it's been a phenomenal year we're about to end this joker with a blast you know we're coming back from australia and we're only going to have a couple more weeks uh before the fourth quarter ends so philly i heard nehemiah told me that it's sonia told me and that that's the uh, student loan doctor she and nehemiah told me like it's a wrap it's it's philly gonna have this thing on lockdown but then nicole told me nicole and the nyc told me like yo e you got a junior's cheesecake like you gotta have it here neo said you gotta have it here so you can hit one of them hoagies with the with the with the cheese whiz or the normal cheese he's just like however you want to get it e but you gotta do so look guys we don't know if philly we don't know if it's new york but we want to end the year with a bang. Is it the city that never sleeps or is the city of brotherly love? love? Where are we? Where in the world is ETA going average skill phenomenal will y'all? That's what I just what I need to know. All right. So let me let me wrap this up, man, guys. This this let me tell y'all something. This come this came from I guess it's CJ. 
Uh, but I saw this, man, I saw this the other day, man. I think C dropped it, man. Stop asking people to do things for you that you wouldn't do for yourself. You know what I'm saying, man? I saw that, man. I, I mean, I don't know. I might have said it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how. But I, when I read that, stop asking people to do things for you that you wouldn't do for yourself. You know, and for me, when I hear it, it, it just speaks volumes to how powerful we are. You know, how, how, how wonderfully we were made, the power of choice, the gifts that we have, the anointing that we have, the ability to, you know, take our lives to heights that we could not imagine. And, it's, and, and we got to stop waiting on other people. We got to stop waiting on people's affirmations. We got to stop waiting for people to support our stuff to financially. Look, I'm telling you, sell some donuts or I don't know, sell some lemonade. Like I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I, I am saying that you don't, you, you don't have to wait for other people to do stuff for you. You don't, you don't have to believe that somebody else has more money or more power, more influence. And, you know, stop asking people to do for you what you could do for yourself. And maybe it's because you don't know you could do it for yourself. Maybe you don't know that you have what it takes to go, you know, and, and get a car off the lot or go buy a home or get your credit straight or, or, or start your own movie or do your own CD or write your own book. Look, stop asking people to do for you what you could do for yourself. Now, there are some things, you know, for real, when I think about my boy Nick, you know, the, uh, one of the top motivational speakers in the world, no arms, no legs. There's some stuff that I noticed when we were, you know, getting ready to do our show. There were some things that he needed help with. But there are those of you asking people to do stuff for you that you have the power to do for yourself. You have arms, you have legs. There's some things that you can do for you. So I'm not suggesting that we don't need support. We don't need help. We do. But stop. Before you ask somebody for something, ask yourself, is this something I can do for myself? You know what I'm saying? Is this something I, I can do on my own? You know, and if the answer is yes, then do it. Now, for those things that you cannot do on your own, do not try. Those things that require the support of somebody else, get their support, like for real. But the things that you can do, stop being a victim. Stop waiting, stop wishing, and go for it. Listen to me. This is your boy E.T. said from personal experience. You have what it takes. You don't need new arms. You don't need new legs. You don't need a new heart. You don't need a new brain. What you need is more belief in yourself, more belief in your dream, more belief in your abilities, more confidence that you, my friend, are a royal priesthood, that you, my friend, has, you have what it takes. You have, you already have everything it takes to be great. And you don't need to do anything but activate the power that is within activate the greatness that's within. So it's your boy E.T. saying, please stop asking other people to do for you what you can do for yourself. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul.